Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Human the James River. I'm your host, Ireland Rogan, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 13. Just as a quick trigger warning, in this episode, we will be discussing and talking about sexual assault. And so if that is something that you have dealt with or struggle with or are triggered by, please um, feel free to check out the resources page on my website and maybe sit this episode out. My guest today is an anonymous senior female at James River High School. And in this episode, we she recalls the time when she got raped a couple of months ago and how that has affected her since and the help that she has gotten. And this is a very hard topic for people to talk about. And I just hope that you all learn something from it. Or, you know, if you are also a, a victim, I hope that this, that this really helps you. And I just want to start out this episode just by saying how much I appreciate this individual for sharing her story. And she's so strong. So with that being said, I hope that you all enjoy. Okay, so my personal journey with sex has been an absolute roller coaster. And it started my freshman year when I had my first my first real boyfriend and um there was definitely a little bit of pressure that I felt on my end to be sexually involved with him because he would talk to his friends and he would mention it to me like, oh, so-and-so are kind of in a competition right now. It would really help me out if you would just do this so then I could win competition. So I definitely felt a little bit of pressure and that was I felt like that was pretty normal just because it was my first you know, it was, my, it was my first real relationship. So we had been involved for about, I want to say like five or six months when we had sex for the first time. And it was very much something that I felt pressured into. And I felt that that was normal at the time, but just be, I'm, I was 14, I was 14 or 15 years old. So you know, I didn't, I didn't know any better at the time. And I was, I was just so young. I didn't have any experience. Um, so that relationship ended up being incredibly toxic. We were on and off for about a year and a half. And then I finally was able to escape it through lots of therapy, lots of realizing that he just wasn't good for me for reasons besides him pressuring me into sex. Um, And it definitely took a lot of time for me to regain a feeling of empowerment in my body. So flash forward to this year, I, I turned 18 and I downloaded this dating app as one does. I, (laughs) I would I was sexually active and I wouldn't say necessarily that I was sleeping around per se, but I would meet these men off of this dating app, sketchy sounding. I know, I know it sounds awful, but I would, 
I would text these men, and we would FaceTime, we would talking a lot, and then we would go on dates, I would meet up with them. And once I became romantically involved with them, typically that would end in sex. And that wasn't something that I was ashamed of or bothered by. I felt that it was completely natural. I was in a a part in my life where I felt comfortable with that. I felt comfortable with my body. I felt comfortable with myself and where I was in my headspace. Um, so then this past winter break in December, um, I was lucky enough to go to this beautiful, exotic place with my family for a vacation. And I still had this dating app on my phone. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time to put this to some use and actually see what I can experience on this beautiful island. So I was meeting up with with different people. I was able to see amazing things like locals showing me around in these cute little niche spots. I was able to go out on boat rides and see cute little private spots on the island and it was so cool and then one one night I I get a message from this guy and he's a, a freshman at one of the schools that I'm interested in going to so he seems nice he seems funny and I say why not thinking that I'm absolutely invincible as one does when they're <laughs> freshly 18 and living my best life in the tropics. Um, so I have a plan to meet up with him in his hotel lobby and we were just going to grab some drinks because the drinking age in this in this place, I believe it's 16. It's either, yeah, I think it's 16. Um, so <laughs> we were all legally drinking. So I met up with him at his lobby and he told me that he was going to drive me back to my hotel afterwards like neither of us really had intentions on getting incredibly intoxicated so I didn't I didn't think much of it and this is he probably was like less than 10 minutes away from my hotel so and with this guy he's slamming tequila shots like there is no tomorrow and then he's feeding me tequila shots and I don't I don't drink that much I hardly drink at all um so I'm I'm trying to act all cool and keep up with him as he's like one after the other <laughs> and I'm like yeah I've done this before and I never I've never done that in my life but I just I kept going and probably five or six shots in, um, we go to sit down somewhere and this guy is, <laughs> is incredibly, he's just belligerently drunk and he is like stumbling about the place, like being so loud in this lobby, people are staring at us and I'm so embarrassed and I'm just sitting there as he's like stumbling around, like talking to strangers like really just he was causing a scene so 
these hotels, hotel workers, not hotel staff, come up to him and they say, sir, you are incredibly drunk. We need you to go back to your room right now. And <laughs> I'm just sitting there absolutely gone and I don't know what to do because this is my, this is my ride home and Uber doesn't exist down there, unfortunately. So he gets escorted back to his room. I tell him good night. I tell him I, <laughs> I hope he feels better in the morning. I'm sure he didn't remember that. I also remember he kept taking his pants off in the middle of the hotel lobby, but that, <laughs> that's an irrelevant detail. I just thought it was funny. So, um, somehow I get a cab called for me. This is when the night starts to get blurry. It's a little later. It's probably around midnight or so. And I'm assuming the hotel concierge or something called me a taxi, even though I don't, I don't remember that happening. So either way, I get in the cab and I sit in the front seat, not the back seat, just, I don't know, I guess I wasn't thinking straight, but I think part of me also thought it was the polite thing to do so that I could talk to this person who was so kindly picking me up and taking me back to my hotel, like when it's super late at night, I'm sure he's tired. I'm sure he's probably not getting paid enough. Um, and he's just, He's kind of like flirting with me and I'm in my <laughs> loopy state. I'm kind of like flirting back, like just, I was, I was, I was drunk. I was, I was being loopy and I was just being the charismatic kind of overly friendly version of myself. So we arrive at my hotel. And I realized that I don't have enough cash to pay this taxi. Um, the cab fare was $13 and I probably had like seven or something. So I step out for a moment and I say, hey, is it okay if I just, if I call my brother or call my mom or somebody just to just come and spot me some cash. And he says, no, get back in the cab. I know how you're going to pay me. And then at first he says, just, just give me a kiss. And since I'm not thinking straight, I was like, okay, I'll give you a kiss on the lips. And I give him a little peck. And then he locks my door and then drives away with me. Um, and we end up in the back hotel parking lot. And I just was really confused. I was like, there was a, a gut feeling that I had that this wasn't good. And had I been sober, I definitely would have done something to get out of that situation, but part of me was just, I was more confused than anything else. So we're in this, in this parking lot 
and this man, it's probably one in the morning or so at this point, he reclined my seat bag. And this is one of the last memories that I have from this night. He reclined my seat bag, and then he took a condom out of the glasses holder that's typically on like the roof of a car, and then pulled down my underwear. And at that point, I blacked out. And I feel partially, I feel kind of lucky for that because I'm not stuck with the horrible visuals. I still have nightmares about it, but it's more what I think happened rather than the images of what I actually did. But I somehow got back to my hotel room. I don't remember it at all, but I woke up the next morning and everything that I was wearing from the night before, my hair is crazy, my makeup is smudged, like, I, I just, I look like a mess, and my mom woke me up, and I was so confused when I woke up, I didn't, I didn't know how I had gotten back to my hotel room, I didn't know what had happened the night before, and my mom is so mad at me, she starts yelling at me, saying, we had an agreed curfew and you were so much later than what we agreed upon. You got home at like 2.30 and we had, a, we had agreed like 12.30 or something like that. And then it kind of starts coming back to me. And then I broke down and I told my mom that I had gotten raped last night and that was why I was late. And I'm lucky that my mom is somebody that I can confide in about that, but um, I was just, I was crying because I was confused and I was frustrated and I, more than anything, just felt violated as I should have, I guess. And, for anybody listening, the way that I did get back to my room was apparently I had stumbled into the hotel lobby super late and called my dad to come down and because the, the elevators require a key for you to get in. So I had called my dad to come down and he keyed me in and he was too tired to say anything or do anything. So he just did it without questioning me. Um, I probably just figured that I went to a party or something. So the next morning I'm sitting with my mom and I'm crying and I don't understand why, why that had happened to me. But also I was frustrated. I was frustrated at myself because I had put myself in this situation, right? And everybody says, it's not the victim's fault. It's it's the rapist's fault. It's the man who did this to you. That's the monster. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking there were so many things that, I've, that I could have done to get out of that situation. I don't know why I got back in the taxi. I don't know why I didn't try to fight him. I don't know why I just laid there and let him 
recline my seat back. I mean, I do. I, I was really drunk, but I was still so frustrated with myself. And my mom, my mom is sitting across from me and she's crying because she, she took everything in her to let me go out that night. And I said, mom, I'm 18, you know, you can, you can let the reins go a little bit. You can let me do some of these things because I'm responsible. And I felt like I had betrayed her trust in some way. So she had asked me if I wanted to press charges. And in that moment, I said yes, because I was so angry at him. I was angry at myself. Um, and I felt like it would, it would let some of that anger out for me to do something. As the, as the day goes on, I'm not, I spent the entire day basically just smoking in my hotel room. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with something like that. I just was sleeping a lot, I remember. But then I thought about it some more. And I said that, number one, that I didn't want to spend the rest of my vacation with a consulate trying to break down the legalities of this case. And I, I didn't, I didn't want the, um, the procedure done because it's, if you're unfamiliar with um, how evidence is gathered from a rape, they insert a speculum into you and it's and swab your interior of your vagina and it's incredibly invasive. And that was the last thing that I wanted at that time was I thought that it would I would feel even more violated than I already had felt. I mean, more strangers down in such an intimate region of my body just was not what I wanted. So I chose not to move forward with pressing charges. And then my mom also brought up the point that there probably wouldn't have been sufficient evidence. Sure, there were the, there were the hotel lobby videos of him driving away with me in my car, but if I wasn't going to do the physical examination, then there was nothing to prove that that had actually happened to me. There were, there were security cameras in the parking lot, but they weren't good enough to capture what was actually happening inside that car. And of course, yet to tint tinted windows, which didn't help anything. So I go on with my vacation and I kind of just push it aside in my brain. I choose not to think about it. I choose to ignore that that night ever happened. But after I got back, it would, it would come out in little spurts that I didn't understand. Like I didn't understand why I was lashing out at my siblings. I didn't understand why 
all of a sudden I was so uncomfortable to be around my father or even just other adult men. And I, I had so many nightmares and sleepless nights. I, my sleep schedule was horrible. Not a month after, I definitely got into a lot of substances, um, just because it was, it was nice for a little bit to kind of have my brain stop moving. Um, and that was how I coped. And I'm lucky that I did have just a regular, a regular counselor therapist that I've been seeing for many years now to kind of talk me through it and talk me through those darker times and eventually assign me to a trauma therapist who I am like just kind of starting to work with. She does something called EMDR, which is a really cool therapy where it uses rapid eye movements to access trauma regions of the brain. And I'm really interested to see how that works. But in talking with my counselor, we revisited the idea of possibly prosecuting this man. And when I thought about it a little bit more, it just all seemed so calculated. I was in a touristy area of this island and this man as a cab driver, what does he expect? other than drunk women in his car and he had condoms in his taxi taxi car and he was out at that late hour of night and it just all seemed so coincidental to me and that was kind of where i had the sinking realization that i i probably wasn't the only girl or would not be the only girl and once I processed on my own a little bit more what had happened and how to effectively deal with it just on my own, um, I decided to go forward with prosecution. And I am currently in the process of Having, I have a lawyer now, and we've been corresponding back and forth, and I'm not exactly sure what our next step is. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of scared because I don't know if I'm going to have to see this man again. Probably not, because he's in another part of the world, and I just simply don't want to see him again. So I'm not really sure how the whole process works, but it's reassuring to know that I might be helping somebody in the future by going through with this. Um, and it's, it's definitely been a hard couple months since that happened. And every day, my main focus is just to love myself and my body more every day. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, just woman to woman that, you know, this has never happened to me personally, but I know 
all of this is possible for any woman literally anywhere in the world like you weren't even in america when this happened um and it's extremely scary and i know like you said everyone says it's not the victim's fault but it really wasn't your fault and i'm so incredibly proud of you for getting that lawyer and this, that man is disgusting and deserves to just be in prison for literally ever for doing that to you and possibly i don't want to think other women but that's it, it was all so calculated like why would a cab driver have condoms in his car mm-hmm. um it, it de- i think you're definitely right in that i think you know i i mean i told you this one-on-one i would love to hear how all this plays out because i i don't want to curse on here but that piece of garbage of a human that that man is is just deserves to be locked away forever and like I said I'm just so proud of you you were incredible for sharing the story and I know you know just also just being a woman all this happened to me every girl has been catcalled or has been just sex like something everyone has dealt with this so despite telling your story um it's going to help so many girls and women um even older than us and you're just incredible. So I really do thank you. Um, and now I do just have a couple of questions. Um, you touched on therapy a little bit. And when I talk to people who have gone to therapy, I like to just ask, um, cause it is, I think therapy can help so many people in with whatever you're going through. Um, and so in the grand scheme, how has therapy helped you and, um, would you recommend it to others? I would absolutely recommend therapy. The problem is I know it's not accessible for every person, but if it is accessible, then I absolutely would encourage anybody to take advantage of that opportunity because it's somebody that is listening to you without without judgment. Um, and I think that that's a huge thing because you can... You can confide in your friends, you can confide in your parents, but I feel like there's always going to be some sort of element of you kind of are cognizant of how they're viewing you. So to have somebody there, not even necessarily giving you advice, but just somebody that you can talk to is so nice. And I really appreciate that because when, if, if I told my friends, um, and I have said something to a couple of my closer friends about it, I feel like they they kind of had this mindset of you you were on this dating app, and it all comes from a place of caring in their heart that they wanted me just to be more careful, and they're absolutely right. But I couldn't help but feel that there was just a little bit of of judgment and. That is something that I don't feel when I'm just talking to this adult that I, we don't know each other. We don't know each other on a personal basis. So I really just can say whatever I want to her. And especially it's nice to be able to talk to another woman about it. Somebody that is older, has had experience, has talked through people that have talked with people that have gone through similar things and has all of that wisdom to share. So I know that that was kind of a tangent, but yeah. Not a tangent, not a tangent. I think that's some great insight. And (laughs) I agree talking 
to someone who is an adult who is educated and exactly what you're going through and it's just non-biased like you guys literally don't know each other I think helps a lot and although friends can help like immensely but especially in this sort of situation um they can it can be more judgmental like this is another girl your age that you're sharing with what sharing this with and you know I mean, for teenage girls, there's going to be some sort of judgment or something, whatever. So I think talking with a therapist who's, you know, a grown woman who knows what she's talking about, I think is very beneficial. And, you know, you mentioned the money aspect of it. And I agree that sometimes therapy is just extremely expensive and that is really, really upsetting. Um, But just so anyone listening to this, if you would like – to go to therapy or would like counseling, I do have resources on my website. Um, we do have a school psychologist um, or, yeah, psychologist. Her name is Miss Oberg, and I have her information on there. She is fantastic. She works at James River and Midlow. Um, and so she's, aside from just your normal guidance counselor, she's like a step up. And, you know, we don't normally, a lot of students don't normally interact with her. So it's really like you don't know her very well, but she's very educated. Um, and she's definitely a good resource for anyone out there searching for it. Um, and so switching gears a little bit, I know that you had kind of mentioned to me how this experience, you know, you're taking it more as, I think you might've said learning experience and saying, you know, this is something to grow from. How, now, a couple months later, are you looking at this traumatic experience, trying to think about it in a positive light? Um, not a po- Definitely not positive, but taking it and using it to not tear you down, but to build you up and empower you and loving your body, um, which I think is just so important just in general, but especially after something like this to love yourself. How are you taking such a traumatic, like just your strength of me? amazes me but taking such a traumatic experience and trying to mold it and make it something empowering something for you to think of positively and think I grew so much from this yeah that's a really great question so definitely on the literal level there are tangible um objective things that I've learned such as you're going out with it and you know you're going to be drinking either be with people that you trust or have a friend with you that you trust and i will no longer be thinking that i am this invincible force that can just take on the world um because there are bad people out there and i kind of forgot about that in my young age and that was definitely a humbling experience where i had to take a step back and say okay Maybe not everybody's good. Um, So besides that, I think it really has been a beautiful experience to learn how to love myself and my body again. Um, And just like learning how to do that from square one, taking care of my body and my mind. I've I've been going to the gym a lot, and that's been something that's incredibly therapeutic for me um, because I am aware that I'm doing something that is caring for myself. Um, It's not with the mentality of 
I need to lose X number of pounds, I need to look a certain way, it's doing this and saying, I know that this is going to make me a healthier, stronger person, and I love that. Um, and in, in talking with some of my guy friends slash former romantic interests, I've definitely taken a lot of pride in being able to assert my boundaries. And whenever I'm, because I, I have tried to get back into um, talking with guys, trying to experiment with maybe relationships, and <laughs> I learned that that is probably not the right option for me right now, just because I'm incredibly busy. But um, last month, I was talking to this guy, and he was, he was very, he was really nice, but he definitely just had different expectations than I had, and for me to be able to assert myself to him and have him listen was so empowering to be able to say, listen, it's nothing against you, but I'm just not ready for this right now was just, it was a great feeling, and especially for him to respect that, restored a little bit of faith for me in the male race to say that, you know, not all, not all men are bad. Um, so that was really nice. And being able to express, just express my thoughts and express my feelings has done wonders for my mental health as well. Like to be able to recognize when I am in a bad space and I, I have, like, a list of things that I can do to get myself out of that space. For instance, I notice that when I feel upset or triggered in some way, it's typically when I'm alone in my bedroom. So I try to remove myself from the situation. I leave my room. I go talk to my brother or my sister or my parents or go pet my dog or something just to remove myself from the situation. And I know it sounds silly, but... It's so effective, um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure, Ireland, if this is even appropriate to say on your podcast, but it's... I have a feeling I know what it is. I think... <laughs> say it. Say it. Just say it. <laughs> Speak your truth, queen. It shouldn't be taboo. It shouldn't. It should not. Be, it shouldn't. It should not be taboo because it's... Because it's not for men. And, and it, it's healthy. Why, why, is there, why is there this double standard for women? But um, just practicing self-love is yeah. all, I'm, all that I'm going to say. I think people can connect the dots involved. there. And I think yeah. it shouldn't be as much yeah. of a taboo topic as it's played out to be. Um, and it makes it... The way that it's so portrayed in not only the media, but like what we're taught as girls, as like, just for, it's just incorrect. So we're trying to change that around and love that for you, queen, self-love, period. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think you raise a lot of great points there. I love just the idea of loving yourself um, before anything else and setting those boundaries. I think that's extremely hard for women in particular. Um, I know for myself, just even as like apart just from relationship wise, just like when 
being a leader or doing anything like that. Setting boundaries is extremely difficult for me. And I think that's something that a lot of women should practice along with self, with self love and um, having those spaces in those people where you feel comfortable and you can kind of be yourself and express yourself. And, you know, with time, I've been able to like people that feel like home, if that makes sense. Like that's something that I've been thinking about recently and like having those friends, having those family members that make you feel good, make you not like if you're in a state of anxiety or anything, like those people that you go to talk to, I think is really important. Um, And yeah. So I think those are some great points, some great kind of advicey type of things that I think a lot of people can learn from. Um, And then this is more of just like, of a worldview that I was kind of curious about. Um, as a survivor, I was wondering what your thoughts are on the Me Too movement. Um, I know I don't know I don't know a ton about it. Um, you know I sh- should do my research honestly, um, but I was just wondering as someone who has survived um, rape, just what you think about it um, in a broad term. I think that it's really, really cool that there, I mean, okay, so essentially what the Me Too movement is, it's called Me Too because one woman speaks out on this man and says, he sexually assaulted me. And then just like three, four, five, six, numerous more women will say, you know what, thank you so much for speaking your truth because that happened, that same thing happened to me too. Um, and I'm sure you probably knew the basis of that, but it's it's really cool to know that if I were to make a statement about this publicly, if I were to, if I were to say, write a blog post, I feel like we are in a, in a space now politically, socially, where I wouldn't feel condemned for that. I wouldn't feel like there are women that are saying, oh my gosh, she's just doing this for attention. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Oh my God, she's weak. We as a society are recognizing that so many more women than we initially believed are victims to sexual assault, sexual harassment, and even rape. So there are it's like a whole community of women that are behind you. And that's not to say that this doesn't happen to men as well. I'm absolutely not, um, whatever. I'm not negating that as a fact. Um, but I'm speaking from my own personal experience to have, to have a group of women, women that you don't even know stand behind you and say, we believe you, you are not invalidated as a person you are strong and it is amazing that you're speaking your truth. So I'm hoping even just like by speaking on your podcast, Ireland, um, that there will be more women to speak out and then come together as a community, hopefully, and say as, as women, as girls at James River, this is a, a very unfortunate reality for us, but we, our community because of it we're banded together um so yeah second that claps for you i that was like yeah no i totally agree and with the whole aspect of community um as you're saying i think even said sadly i 
think almost every girl in our community could say that they've been at least some some they've dealt with something with sexual harassment um no matter what it i i think i all of my friends have including myself i think every girl has dealt with something like that and i think this i think that the me too movement especially is just even if you haven't dealt with anything just supporting one another and just in a world where we do have to be sometimes just afraid to walk at night which is extremely upsetting like I'm going to college in DC and my family bought me like this weird, like, like keychain alarm thing that will like, it's like ear splitting. Just in, I don't know what it's, it's from like, I don't know. It's off of Amazon, but like the sound that it makes is ear splitting. Like, yeah. I mean, it might have, I might have to use it honestly, which is sad, but you know, just the thought that like, Oh, I'm sending off my kid to college. I need to get her that, you know, it's, it is really, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I already told you how, you know, sharing this story is this, this sexual assault has not been talked about, um, on the human, the James River, really at James River in general, um, because it is, it's seen as more of a taboo topic for whatever reason, which I don't understand, which is why I want, I want the short story to be told because it's something that, like I said, literally just about every girl has dealt with something about even boys. And like I said, boys have also gone through this and I Mm -hmm. don't think, that's always recognized, but to all the guys who do this, I've dealt with this. We see you, we hear you. Um, I stand behind you because if you're a victim, you're a victim period, no matter what your gender identity is. Um, so I, I think, yeah, community is very important. And then just the last question, kind of building off of the sense of community. I really like asking advice questions. Um, and so what would your advice be for, you know, a girl or just anyone in general who has gone through something like this, who, you know, might be afraid to stand up or afraid to just tell a trusted adult um, or, you know, or choosing to keep this to themselves. Um, what would you have to say to those people who are struggling um, with, with this huge secret, this huge traumatic experience that they've gone through and they haven't gotten help um, kind of just having it live in their own head? What would you say to those people? It is so much worse for you when you keep it inside. And I know that's so much easier said than done. But um, there, at least, at least tell your girlfriends, at least journal. I know, I know that sounds like horrible advice, but just do something like write it down. Write a, I wrote a letter to this guy and I'm never going to give it to him, but it was just, like, this hate letter of, like, like, why did you do this? Like, you have affected my life so much more than you know. Um, and that was really therapeutic for me, but I think for a lot of girls um, in high school, it's not necessarily an isolated rape incident, per se. I feel like it's probably more younger girls that are in their first real relationship like I was and they are with a boyfriend and they're trying to navigate this and their boyfriends are pressuring them into sex. They're making them feel like they aren't worth it if they're not having sex with them. And to that I say that is 
absolute garbage. You are worth so much more than your body. And there is so much more for you in life beyond that one guy. Um, and there's no reason to stay if he is treating you horribly. Um, so young girls in relationships, please, please know that that you have older sisters at the school that have been in your same shoes. Um, listen to your girlfriends because they know best. I know when I was in in my relationship, I would have so many friends that would say, you know, he's not right for you. He treats you horribly. And I, and I was so blinded by the fact that I was quote-unquote loved by this guy that I chose to ignore them. But listen to your girlfriends and if you don't have a close a close band of friends like that um you can you can reach out to to any any older girl dm the humans of james river just dm the instagram account and i'll talk to you or literally any of us yeah i was like i if this unnamed senior female um is it i this girl telling her story right now queen we love her um if if you want to talk to her you can always go through me and we'll see what we can do but you can always talk to me or i literally any senior girl that i know or just any girl at our school that i'm friends with i know all of us would be more than willing to talk to anyone at all Especially leadership girls. Yeah. <laughs> We're all willing to talk. Yes. Don't feel obligated, though, <laughs> to take legal action. Because I know that that's not necessarily right for everybody. Um, and typically, that's what a, a school... I don't know, Ms. Oberg, but I feel like that's typically what school faculty will urge you towards is doing something legal about it just because they're bound by certain laws to protect your safety. But if you just need somebody to get it off your chest, then Ireland is amazing. Aw. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're too kind. I can't I can't do it though. You make me blush. Um, <laughs> um but no, seriously, like I it is hard to talk to the adult about it because then they'll get legal stuff into it. If you don't want to do legal stuff, talk to any girl, a classmate, a teammate, just a smiling face in the hallway. Like I said, any, like, if you're in a club, the leader of your club, like, any of those kids I know will talk to you and will help you, including myself and, you know, any of my friends or the lovely person I'm talking to right now. Um, We're all more than willing to chat with you. Um, But so, yeah, that was all of my questions. Thank you once again just so much for coming on the podcast and talking with me and just sharing your story with the Jane River community and just the whole world. Um, anyone, I so many, even if, you know, a, a man or a woman who hasn't dealt with this, this is, this pod, this episode will help people put their minds in perspective of what young teenage girls have to go through or, girls can relate to and be like, wow, this happened to me too. I didn't know this happened to someone else. Um, And so it's really just, you're helping so many people. And I thank you immensely for sharing your story because you're amazing.
Thank you so much for having me. What you're doing is absolutely incredible. So just by having this platform, I know you are helping so many people. So thank you for giving me this platform. I appreciate you. Oh, I love you so much. I love you too. And of course, you, any everyone is welcome. And I'm glad to know I'm helping people as well. <laughs> Right, you guys once again I just want to say a big thank you to my guest today I am lucky enough to call this person my friend and her story is just so it's incredibly saddening but the way she looks her outlook on life is just so amazing and I'm so proud of her for telling her story and I just really hope it helps all of you Um, Whether you've gone through something like this or never experienced it, I think this is something, this is is a topic, like I had said earlier in the episode, that isn't talked about enough. And it's something that is so real and happens every day and it's absolutely tragic. But for her to come on and share her story, I think this will help so many people and just, just help change people's perspective and kind of realizing the world around you and how scary it is. But once again, I just want to say how proud I am of her. She is absolutely incredible. And I'm, I'm very happy that she's taking, um, the step forward, step forward (laughs) and, um, getting a lawyer. I think that's super awesome. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully that, really 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 awful man will be in prison but like I said I just really hope that you all learned something from this episode were able to relate with it um it was definitely an eye-opening one for me and this this young woman is going to go very far in life I feel so old saying young woman (laughs) um but you know what I mean Just as a reminder, if you have not already, please give the Humans of James River a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Humans of JR Pod. As well, if you have not already subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, please do so. You can leave us a review and, you know, that just helps more people find the platform, which would be super duper awesome. And if you'd like to check out the website, the website is www.humansofgender.com. As well, if you'd like to get into any contact with me, if you just need someone to talk to or you'd like to be on an episode or anything like that, just feel free to DM me on that Instagram account. Or you can also email me, um, humansofjrhs at gmail.com. All right, now kind of to end us off here, um, I when I post this episode... Um, the day before, on that Monday, I will be announcing that I'm going to be on ABC8, which is super exciting. You know, I since I was a little little girl, I've I've always you know wanted to be on TV or just something. So it's incredibly mind blowing that I'm going to be on the news and that um my you know my interview and article are out. If you guys want to go. Um, check it out. It's on the um, WRIC, you know, ABC 8 website. Um, you can always just also look up like Ireland Rogan and look under news and it pops up. But I just want to thank you guys because if it wasn't 
for you, pe- you amazing people who listen to my podcast, this would have never happened. And yeah, it's just, this platform is just such a blessing. Like I, I can't even, I can't, I can't even say how much this has just changed my life and how grateful I am for this project. It's just been amazing. And I, the, you know, thinking about just this year, the whole, this has just been a highlight of my senior year. And I just want to thank you all so much for just all of the love and support that I've received. It's absolutely mind blowing. And I appreciate every single one of you. Um, as well, um, when I'm posting this, it is the first day back to school for some folks, and I'm one of them. I'm recording this before I know that day went, but I bet it went really well, and all of the admin and teachers are working so, so hard, and so I really, you know, I wish everyone luck who is going back, and even the people who aren't, you know, it's it's a tricky year, and, you know, I think our James River especially is doing a really great job at making making it the best year it can be and I can just tell how hard our teachers and our admin staff are working and you know our students are working very very hard as well so just props to everyone and the best of wishes when going into this this is like what our six bell schedule change or something something crazy like that but you know and especially to my fellow seniors um this is definitely not what our, we expected our senior year look like, but I think, I, I don't know, it, <laughs> it's just not what we all expected, but at least for me, it's been pretty great, and I know for some of my friends as well, but if you are, you know, this is a hard time for everyone, and if you need, I know I mentioned earlier, but if you need someone to just talk to, I'm always here, and I always say this, but I really am, um, and I, I truly mean it, like, if, if you need someone to talk to, I'm right here, um, and, yeah, I'm just, I'm here for all of you guys, and I hope that you know that, um, and especially if I see you, I might be seeing some of you people who listen to this podcast in school, which is crazy, <laughs> seeing people in person, um, so even if, like, we don't know each other, please say hi to me, that'd be so fun, even though I know, I wish I could hug you, but I know we have to keep our distance and stay safe, as we should, um, but, Anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but in conclusion, just wishing everyone the best wishes going back to school, um, and I just, once again, just thank you guys for for supporting me and just being so amazing throughout this whole experience, um, and with that said, um, I'll talk to you guys later. Um, be expecting a teacher panel at the end of the month. I haven't announced it it yet, Um, but I have some great teachers lined up. And um, our next episode, I'm also really excited. Episode 14 will be coming out, you know, in two weeks. And I'm excited about that. Really big things coming um, that are all very exciting. But I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day or your week whenever you're listening to this. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.